Hi, and welcome back to another edition of Game Time Podcast. I'm your host, Alex Rubinson. And I'm Shai Dwight. Dan Quinn and Thomas Dimitrov fired by the Atlanta Falcons. Le'Veon Bell is now a member of the Kansas City Chiefs. And so many more exciting games on this Week 6 slate. So, Shai, let's get right into it, because it's game time. So, Shai, I guess let's start with the firings of former Falcons head coach Dan Quinn and former general manager Thomas Dimitrov. And I feel like the Falcons made this move now because they knew that nothing was going to change between now and the end of the season. Uh, We'll see Raheem Morris, who is a former head coach, has experience in that role in the past. He's going to take over. And Rich McKay, who is already the president of football operations, will also now be the acting GM in place of Dimitrov. And now, like the Houston Texans, the Atlanta Falcons can get that head start on finding their new head coach and new general manager. Now, obviously, a lot of the candidates they're going to want to interview they can't interview yet, but they can start with, you know, just doing background stuff. And, you know, they obviously now don't have to go behind Dan Quinn's back or Thomas Dimitrov's back. They can do it, you know, pretty openly if they want to. So I think Arthur Blank kind of gave Quinn and Dimitrov a warning heading into the season that, you know, they were kind of on their last leg and something had to be changed around pretty quickly. I think the only reason why, at least for on Quinn's sake, the only reason why he didn't get fired last year was because they had such a strong finish to the season. But it was all about can they carry that finish into the start and obviously starting 0-5 with a couple of really heartbreaking comeback losses against the Cowboys, against the Bears. That kind of put it the finishing touches on kind of a roller coaster ride for Dan Quinn, who over the last few years that Falcons team has had it. A pretty steep decline, but again, he was also just minutes away from becoming a Super Bowl champion. He was the architect of the original Legion of Boom uh, at the same time that Falcons defense was not good <laughs> during his tenure, so it'll be interesting to see where he and Dimitrov go in the next chapter of their careers. Shy, I know you had been kind of calling for Quinn's firing despite his near Super Bowl accomplishment for quite a while now. What are you, kind of your thoughts before we get into the uh, the actual games this weekend? Yeah, I think you covered a lot of it. Again, I've been talking about this for a while. I think it needs to happen. This is a team with a lot of talent, uh, especially on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball as well, though there have been injuries. But at a certain point when you have the talent and it, you have such a you have countless opportunities to put it together, and you just can't figure it out, that's when there needs to be a coaching change. That means there's something wrong with leadership. And as I was saying before, it's about time. Well, I think that defense, you know, we can blame some of it on Quinn, but I do think that defense can be more talented. Uh, you know, Keanu Neal and Deion Jones did not show as much, as much development. Injuries have stalled that development to some degree. So some of it has been a lack of uh, development among the key younger guys, over the years, but also I feel like that defense, you know, it's not incredibly talented and just underperforming. There are holes on that front. So, Shy, now let's get into the first game of the weekend. The Houston Texans facing the Tennessee Titans. Texans coming off a must-win game against the Jaguars. They got the win. And the Tennessee Titans, a team that I know, you know, I'll speak for myself. I won't speak for you, Shy, but 
I expected the Titans to come out flat and for Buffalo to pretty much roll over them, and it was exactly the opposite. When you take into uh, account the circumstances that Tennessee hadn't practiced for the better part of two weeks, and the way that they really dominated the line of scrimmage, really all phases of the game, from the very first minute to the very last minute, against a very good team, the Buffalo Bills. I, I really like Sean McDermott as a head coach. Josh Allen has played MVP caliber football, and we know that defense can play at a very high level as well. So just the way the Titans really came out and kind of made their presence felt against a very good Buffalo Bills team, that's probably one of the better coaching jobs I've seen in my in my lifetime. Now, obviously, I've followed football for, you know, a decade, which isn't that much. Uh, now, in the grand scheme of things, that's not that much time. But over the last decade, when you take into account the circumstances that Tennessee had been dealing with, some of the outside criticism that they had been dealing with, with have they or have they not been following the protocols, the way the Titans won that game, whether you want to look at numbers or just the eye test, that was one of the more impressive coaching jobs I've seen. That was the most impressive victory I think I've seen all season, Alex. I think maybe that I've seen in a long time. Um, uh, I mean, and it goes back. We've seen them do some really, uh, really great things in the football field. Talk about going into Baltimore and just really dominating that game as well. But this is, I think, a harder challenge. You have one of the hottest teams in the NFL. And you haven't practiced and was it they were off 16 days Alex is it, am I making that number up or is it, I think that's the better right? part of two weeks basically the better the, be- the better part of two weeks which is which is insane to me and I I thought this was going to be a blowout well it was a blowout not in, the way, not in the way that I thought I thought the Bills would run away with this game and it was clearly the opposite but I think this just shows the strength of this Titans team and I'll say it I think they might be the best team in the AFC it may be a little early for me to say that, but I think this, that type of performance like in those circumstances is really, really phenomenal and shows their strength. I, I'd be saying that they're, they're a very uh, strong team, and Mike Rabel, as you said, a hell of a coaching job right there. I've been saying as well that he's one of the better coaches in the NFL, and I think we've seen that in the Baltimore game, the playoffs last season, and we saw it again here. I mean... The Titans, it was surprising, but then, I mean, we knew they were good, but do we know they were this good, Alex? Well, I thought they could be this good. I thought it was in their range of possibilities. It's not that they beat the Buffalo Bills, or even that they crushed the Buffalo Bills. It's that after such a long layoff, after, you know, we talk about game shape versus football shape. You know, yeah, they may, or I guess really good shape versus football shape. Yeah, I mean, these are all athletes. They know how to stay fit, stay in shape. So they probably were in great shape coming into the game. But, you know, when you haven't taken hits for that long, and it's tough to, I know they may have practiced, you know, on some, you know, public school, you know, playground or whatever, you know, public school field. But when you don't get those reps consistently, when you're not installing the game plan in person, it makes it that much more difficult. So... I'm not surprised that the Titans are this good of a team. It's more of the weeks leading up, I expected them to come out flat. And it turns out, if anyone came out flat, it was the Buffalo Bills. Now, 
This Texans-Titans game, I actually think, could be a lot closer than many people think, mainly because of Deshaun Watson. I think he's going to have a pretty big game. I think I'm going to pick the upset. I th- with all that said, I think, you know, the Titans are on a short week here, and I know, you know, based on what they did, you know, you might say, you know, practice, who cares, but I think I'm going to pick up the upset in Houston Texans. Look, Alex, the Titans may have just pulled off, in my opinion, one of the biggest upsets I've seen. Yeah, the biggest upset, but a very, very impressive feat given the circumstances. And you look at that Calvary team, and I, I think you put them in, and, you know, you put them in Kansas City, or you put them in, in, in Baltimore, and and I think in a regular week, this is more impressive. Um, look, look I think overall the Titans probably do have the better team, but I think coming off a short week, I think this, you know, the Texans team, I think, and I guess, you know, we talk about being prepared. Titans, obviously, whether they practice or not, they're obviously prepared. So... Look, I think the Titans probably should be favored, but you, know, I know that picking this game, I'm going with the upset. I think Deshaun Watson is going to have a very good game against a pretty good Titans defense. But I think Deshaun Watson is going to have a good game, and I think the Texans, after getting that first win, I think they might ride a little bit of momentum here. So, look, I know I'm picking the upset when I'm going with the Houston Texans, and I think this will be a very close game. And again, Tennessee probably should be the favorite here, but I'm I'm going to pick the upset here. This is... You know, I usually like to pick an upset or two every week, and this is going to be one of them. Fair enough. I, I just, I can't do it after what I've just seen them accomplish last week. Uh, but if you want to if you want to do that, I mean, roll, those, roll the dice there, uh, by all means. And I, I know I'm rolling the dice here. I know I'm rolling the dice here. It's, it's, one of the, it's one of the fun things when you're just, you know, picking games for fun. So, let's now go to the uh, the next game. Uh, Baltimore Ravens taking on the Philadelphia Eagles. Even in a loss uh, last week, this Eagles offense, even with some a lot of their injuries, seemed to really get rolling against a defense that, at least in my mind, was the best defense in football in the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ravens defense has been extremely impressive. I think this game could be close. I'll be really interested to see can Carson Wentz you know, have another good game you know, back-to-back weeks against great defenses. I'm going to go with the Baltimore Ravens. This Ravens offense has not been as good as it was last year and not been as good as many people thought it could be coming into the season. But that Eagles offense, with all their injuries, has been pretty inconsistent this year. Uh, Same can be said for that defense. So I just think the Ravens defense has been so good this year. And I think Lamar, he obviously, with his ability to create the big play at any moment, I think that that should be plenty for the Ravens to get the win over the Eagles this week. Yeah, battle of the birds here. And remind me, Alex, where this game is. This game is in Philadelphia. It is in Philadelphia. I mean, the weather, I mean, weather-wise, it shouldn't be very different. You know, with one, if it were in Baltimore. will have fans in the stands, I believe, at a limited capacity. I think this is the first week, the first week, I believe, the Eagles are allowing fans in the stands. Yeah, I, I think... I'm hesitant, but I'm going to take the upset. I'm going to the Philadelphia Eagles. They really impressed me last week against my Pittsburgh Steelers. And, I mean, Carson Wentz stood in there, and, yeah, he threw two picks. One of them was in garbage time and kind of had to go through it on third and 20, so I won't really count that against him. But 
this 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 Pittsburgh defensive line, they've got after him. They they notched five sacks and Carson Wentz's offensive line protected well and he stood in there and made through the and then if Travis Fulgham can carry this over the next week, I do like the Eagles to get an upset here against a very good Baltimore Ravens team that may be, you know, looking past them a little bit. I I I think the fans will rejuvenate them. And I think that that Baltimore front seven is not as good as Pittsburgh. Very good defense, probably better secondary. But this, see, that's what I was gonna say. Carson Wentz gonna have more time to throw, Alex. So I'm taking, I'm taking the Philadelphia Eagles. In a well, be- before we get to the next game, that's just what I was gonna say. I like the Steelers front seven better than Baltimore's, but Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters. I love the Ravens secondary more than I love the Steelers secondary. So. We've seen that secondary completely shut down opposing offenses. That defense, to be honest, has been better than the offense. You know, the Bengals couldn't do anything against the defense. And the Bengals the Bengals defense, which isn't great, actually did a solid job against the Ravens offense. They dropped a couple interceptions of Lamar Jackson. So I think it'll come down mainly to that Ravens secondary. Can they shut down Greg Ward and Travis Fulgram, who, you know, these are practice squad players who have really blossomed and become you know, really good NFL caliber players. But you're going with Philly. You're picking that upset. Yeah, I'm going... As well, let's not forget about him. Uh, he was kind of neutralized last week. Well, he's been but... neutralized the last few weeks. They need to That's get... Er- if the Eagles want to... If the Eagles want to win against the better opponents, they have to get their best weapon going. Even when Deshaun Jackson and Alshon Jeffrey are healthy, Zach Ertz is the best receiving threat on that team. They have to get him the ball more. So, let's go now. We obviously opened the podcast talking about the Falcons. Now let's go to the Atlanta Falcons and the Minnesota Vikings. Julio Jones is making his return. But so far, or at least right now, the best duo in Atlanta is Ozzie Albies to Mark Melanson. (laughs) Which, uh, for people who don't follow baseball, uh, Ozzie Albies Albies and Mark Melanson are uh, both play for the Atlanta Braves, Ozzy Albies. They're obviously in the National League Championship Series. Ozzy Albies hit home runs in back-to-back games. And Mark Melanson was in the bullpen, and he caught on the fly both of Albies' home runs in both games. So there's been all types of jokes of, you know, you know their tandem and their duo. And, you know, so this Falcons offense has not been as powerful and as potent without Julio. So I think getting Julio back will provide that much-needed spark. But that Vikings defense, you know, we can talk about the offense, and look, the defense has not been great. I'm not going to go brag about that defense, but I do feel like the defense has gotten better. It's gotten better each week. The The secondary guys still have a lot to learn, but I do feel like though that Vikings defense has gotten better, and I think Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson are becoming one of the better wide receiving duos. You obviously have Lockett and Metcalf and, you know, a bunch of other duos. I guess probably, you know, Metcalf and Wilson might have the best uh, tandem quarterback Odell receiver right now. Obviously, yeah, Odell and Landry, the trio in Dallas. There are a lot of great, you know, receiving uh, combos or trios. Uh, but I feel like Thielen and Jefferson, Jefferson's, you know, looking like he might, he's going to be a prominent player in the Offensive Rookie of the Year race, and no Dalvin Cook, but Alexander Madison's a very good running back. I think he could be definitely a starter in this league if he wasn't backing up Dalvin Cook, 
And this Falcons uh, defense has has not gotten any better. You, I said that this Vikings defense isn't great, but I feel like it's gotten better each and every week. For me, that Atlanta defense has not done a thing in terms of improvement. So I, I expect the Vikings, which, you know, if it matters to anyone, this game is in Minnesota. I expect the Vikings to pull out a win here. Yeah, I, I just, I don't, I can't. Certain times I can't, I just can't pick teams. And this is a situation where, until the Falcons show me that they're capable of winning football games in general, much less in the fourth quarter, I, I, I can't pick against the Vikings here. They're talented. You mentioned Jefferson and Thielen. And I think, I think it'll be interesting to see if, it, sorry, I must have Carson once, Kirk Cousins can get that timer throw, because if he does, which I think he will get to, Shoddy uh, Falcons defense. I, I think he'll light him up. Yeah, I, I expect that Vikings offense again. Even without Dalvin Cook, I really like Alexander Madison as the starter against that Falcons defense. I expect the Vikings offense to have a field day. So, Shy, now let's go to your Pittsburgh Steelers hosting the four and one Cleveland Browns. Browns after getting absolutely embarrassed. Week one against the Ravens, and everyone was like, oh, you know, it's the end of Mayfield. Kevin Stefanski's not the answer at head coach. This team has reeled off four straight wins, beaten a very good Colts defense, and all of a sudden finds themselves 4-1. and one. I expect the Steelers to win. You know, I know the Browns have been riding high, and I know that Steelers defense has not been great or as good as at least I thought, especially mainly last week against the Philadelphia Eagles. But I think they're going to force Mayfield into a couple turnovers. Ben Roethlisberger, Juju Smith-Schuster, and Chase Claypool have played very good football over these last few weeks. No Deontay Johnson, but again, with Claypool stepping into that wide receiver two role that the Steelers have always coveted and have always done a great job of developing and drafting, I expect the Steelers offense to do plenty along with the defense forcing a couple turnovers to set up the offense. Yeah, Alex. And this is the first big test for the Steelers. When you look at the other teams that they've played, the Giants and then the Broncos of Jeff Driscoll for three quarters, then you got the Texans, who are better than their record, but still not great. And the Eagles, even a little, you know, it was a little close at, at, at some point, depending on when you turned it on. Um, and, and, and I think they just really, they haven't played or had a real test here until, until Cleveland. And I would ordinarily pick Cleveland to win this game because of that, trying to be un- as unbiased as possible. But I do think the Steelers, because you look up, look up, look at how they match up, and I'll give you a few reasons. One, the Baker Mayfield's got to play well, and he plays well when he gets out of the pocket in the play action. They move him on the perimeter, and it's really hard to do that against the Pittsburgh front. They, just, they keep that pocket upright and it disintegrates. It disintegrates around. It's this Browns offensive line, though, led by Jedrick Willis and Wyatt Taylor, although I think he might be banged up, Taylor. I'm not Taylor sure. Is out this week, out. Yeah, that's what I, that, that is what I thought. But even so, that Browns offensive line has played extremely well to start this season. Really, the I Ravens know, game... The way that T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree set that edge, in the, if they keep Baker Mayfield in the pocket, which I believe they will, he's been really, really shaky. Uh, in recent memory, um, from the from in, in the pocket, and his QBR in the fourth quarter, worst in the league, and the Steelers' defense has been the best 
uh, I mean, they haven't been good this season, but when they played their best football, it's been when it matters most. It's been in the fourth quarter. So I, I don't know how much I trust Baker Mayfield there. And then you look at the bet, the run defense at the point of attack as well. Pittsburgh Steelers second versus the Browns first. It's going to be something to watch. And then also, this Browns defense leads the league in turnovers. But Ben Roethlisberger has made a point of emphasis not turn the ball over this year. That's been a knock on him recently. Ten touchdowns to one pick. So for those reasons, I think the Steelers have the edge matchup-wise. But again, I think this could go either way. You know, I got, I, I do have Pittsburgh, and I do think they do force some turnovers. I do, I just wanted to point out that that Browns offensive line is not like the laughing stock they were last season. So now let's go to a game that, as of really just this morning, was in doubt. Luckily, the Indianapolis Colts, the positive test turned out to be false positives, so that game looks to be on as scheduled. The Cincinnati Bengals facing the Indianapolis Colts, Colts. Uh, you know, rough game last week against those Cleveland Browns. And Philip Rivers has not played well, but that defense has. That defense has played extremely well. So far, the um, the Colts' defense, they're one of three teams to average, in terms of defense, under 20 points per game, and one of two teams to, un- to average under 200 yards 200 passing yards a game, and this is all against that defense. So, in a year where scoring has never been higher, everything is set up so the offenses thrive, that Colts defense is really, truly elite this year, and has been one of the best, if not the best, defense in the NFL so far. And I think against the rookie and Joe Burrow, I think they're going to really make Joe Burrow work for it, and I think Burrow, although he might have a bit of a bounce-back game after his horrendous performance against that Ravens defense, I don't see him having a much better game, and again, that Colts offense has not been great this year, but I think they do, I think they do enough to win against the Bengals defense that maybe isn't, you know, the best of the best. Yeah, Alex, I think the Colts, um, really, what's, Dragging, they're, they're almost, they remind me a little bit of like the Bills last year, honestly. Philip Rivers is holding that team back right now. He is trying to play hero, going to do too much. And, and it seems like we may. Patient. He looks like he's not going through possessions. He looks like he's playing with that terrible offensive line, just throwing the ball and making boneheaded decisions. And that's really keeping that team from winning these games in the fourth quarter. And, but this week, I do think uh, that defense will carry them to victory uh, against the quarterback and row, who is who should again, as you said, have a, have a little bounce back game. But again, not enough to provide victory. I think. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, Darius Leonard, he's questionable. Uh, I believe he was out last week, so that was pretty big for that Colts defense. So we'll see if uh, Leonard comes back. I know Mo Ali Cox, who's been very good at the tight end position for them, is out. So bit of a blow to that offense, but the, this is a game the Colts absolutely should win. So let's go now to the the Detroit Lions taking on the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars after you know, almost beating Tennessee and beating the Colts have fallen off a bit. I think Matthew Stafford's going to have a big game. And I think that overall that Lions offense is going to have a pretty successful day against the Jaguars defense. You know, we'll see. Lions don't have a great defense. So I think Minshew could be possibly a pretty big game for him. 
but I think I think points will definitely be scored as we've seen across the NFL. I think it's gonna be a pretty high scoring game. But I just like overall. I just like Matthew Stafford and that Lions offense more than I like Gardner Minshew. And I just I trust Matthew Stafford at this point in his career more than Gardner Minshew. I got mute. That's very fair, uh, Alex. I would agree with you there. I like Detroit to win this game. Uh, it's it's not maybe the least excited game going on this week. Um, a guy who I want to watch is going to be DeAndre Swift. I I wonder if they can get him more involved. They get the Jacksonville defense, who's been playing that be- has been playing better than expected. Well, I believe they're 27th against the pass, which isn't great. But C.J. Henderson started off really well, but then it's kind of... He's slowed down in his progression, which corners are a very tough position to adjust. So the defense, I feel like, started off playing pretty well, but it's, you know, kind of come back to earth in what we expected over these last few weeks. Yeah, I just... I'm looking for if they can get Swift involved because he's been at a very, very quiet uh, rookie season up to this point. So I'm wondering if they'll make that a point of emphasis. Well, right I now, I, I just want to say it's a, it's a three-headed monster with Swift, Adrian Peterson, and Kerryon Johnson. So they have, they're trying to get everyone involved. Uh, Swift has kind of come in, you know, kind of before Peterson, he kind of game, came in on some goal line. He's done a decent job in the receiving game, you know, except for, I guess, for that really bad touchdown drop in week one. But, you know, I, it's a three-headed monster there in Detroit, so they're trying to really get everyone involved, you know, keep everyone happy, which is always tough to do. Yeah, I understand that. I just wonder against this Jacksonville defense, we'll try to give them a little bit more more confidence in that regard. Um, but I like Detroit here as well. Again, it's about the quarterback, so I just trust Matthews for more as it. Now, uh, so now this might be, this is probably one of the more interesting games in the week. Two teams that no one expected to be where they are, the 4-1 Chicago Bears coming off an impressive win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, where their defense really shut down Tom Brady. And the Carolina Panthers, who are 3-2. So you have the 4-1 Bears, the 3-2 Panthers, both teams who, a lot of question marks, definitely didn't think they'd be where they are at this point in the season. This should be a really good game. It's in Carolina, and I'm going to go with the Carolina Panthers. I think Teddy Bridgewater is playing the best football in his career. And that's saying something. And you might say, well, is it? when he Before that gruesome knee injury in Minnesota, Teddy Bridgewater was playing incredibly well. Bridgewater might be playing better than that. You know, we talked about really good wide receiver duos. Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore, they're doing a great job complementing each other. Obviously, Moore may maybe more the underneath guy. He can stretch the field. Anderson, the speed guy. But they're using him in, in a variety of ways. Mike Davis has kind of shown the why you don't pay running backs group. Uh, he's been kind of shown why you might not want to pay a running back top dollar. Obviously, McCaffrey's incredible, but we see with Mike Davis, McCaffrey goes down. Davis has been, you know, really just as good as McCaffrey. Now, obviously, when McCaffrey comes back, you're going to play him. You're going to give him his touches. And, you know, McCaffrey, in, in the long run, is better than Mike Davis. But they have not missed a beat with Mike Davis at running back. And that defense, that defense that every 2020 NFL draft pick was spent on, that defense that had so many questions, has played pretty well, especially lately, you know, against a really good Falcons offense, even without Julio. They did a pretty good job of really just slowing that offense down. Calvin Ridley, I feel like, you know, he had a nice game, but he didn't completely take over that game. 
So I'm going to go with the Carolina Panthers here. I do think that Chicago defense is going to play pretty well, and I expect this to be a really close game. But the overall, that Panthers team has really impressed me, and I think Teddy Bridgewater ends up getting getting the job done because I just don't I don't see him turning the football over. You know, maybe he will once you know early on, but I don't see Teddy Bridgewater losing the game. And we saw that Bears offense, even against the Bucks, it started off terrible, then was pretty good. Like, even over the course of a game, that Bears offense has been so inconsistent. So I just trust that Panthers offense more. I do trust the Bears defense more, but I do think that Panthers defense can force a couple of turnovers on Nick Foles and the Bears offense. Alex, do you remember what I, what I said uh, during our offseason? I think it was post-free agency podcast. Do you remember what I said uh, about this Carolina Panthers team? You say, you say a lot of things. I can't keep track of everything. All right, all right, fair enough. I'll, I'll say it again. I really like the signing, and I, I, I thought it was a good fit, and I thought it would be an upgrade over Cam Newton. Now, that part may not be, might not be true, but we, we've seen that he can play really, really, really well here, and he doesn't turn the ball over. He's fitting well. And he, he's, he's doing enough to win games. And he's, as you said, he's just impressed. And again, I thought he could... This, Sorry, go ahead. As you said, like the defense. I mean, this defensive line looks good. They've got a lot of young talent. Jeremy Chin is, is stepping up and looking like a, a buddy star in the secondary. They're, they're, they're getting better and better each week on defense. And again, against the Chicago Bears, who have not exactly been a sight for sore eyes offensively, I would expect. Uh, I would expect Bridgewater to have... Or not, sorry, I, Bridgewater. I would expect the Panthers' defense to get a few turnovers and, and help win this game. I like Bridgewater heading into the season. I thought he was you know, a nice game manager. It's not going to lose you the game. But as I said, I think he might be playing his best football in his career. He's gone back, you know, pre gruesome knee injury. I mean, he's been he's looked that good. Remember that Vikings team Blair, almost beat the Seahawks if not for Blair Walsh missing the kick. So, you know, that's the Bridgewater that we're seeing. And again, this Panthers defense has overperformed. So, you know, Robbie Anderson, you know, I knew he had talent, but he's looked incredible. So this entire Panthers team has just overperformed, which is, you know, credit to Matt Rule, their rookie head coach, who first time coaching in the NFL, he was coaching at Baylor previously. So overall, just a, a great job by the Carolina Panthers. So speaking of that Panthers defense, we're not going to go to the Washington football team and the New York football Giants. And the reason why I say speaking of that Panthers defense is because Giants corner, or I should say Giants shut down corner, James Bradbury. James Bradbury leading the NFL and passes defense with nine. The Giants defense, it hasn't been pretty at times, but overall that Giants defense has been pretty well. And I'll say this about the Giants. They're 0-5. There's no way to sugarcoat that. They're 0-5. You are what your record says you are. But you can't look at the point differential, at least the overall point differential, and say, wow, they're as bad as that. Because against Pittsburgh, they played pretty well, and then Pittsburgh may have pulled ahead late. The Bears game came down to the last play of the game, where if they if they had made a field goal earlier... You know, you only need a field goal at the end instead of the touchdown. So they, you know, almost won that game. 
And then the Niners. The Niners game, they just got destroyed. They played a nice first half, but they just got destroyed in that game. And then obviously, you know, against the Rams, that kind of came down to the last play where, you know, Daniel Jones has a bad interception. But, you know, they lost by one score, held the Rams, who, you know, we'll talk about later and how balanced they've been. They held the Rams to just 17 points. And then the Cowboys, you know, Shy picked the Cowboys to blow out the Giants, which obviously did not happen. And, uh, you know, there are a couple bad calls. I'm not, you know, I usually try not to blame the refs and try to stay as fair as possible when it comes to blaming the refs. But there are some pretty bad calls. The Giants had not one, but two touchdowns taken away because of penalty. There's some obvious holding penalties against the Cowboys that weren't called. So the Giants had that game couple bad calls, couple plays that probably Jones could have done a better job on, and overall that team probably could have executed better, but that, that game obviously came down to the wire as well. So overall, this Giants team has been very competitive, and I'm going to pick them to beat the Washington football team. That, that offensive line for the Giants against the Washington defensive line has been a concern. Overall, the run blocking has gotten better each and every week, even with the departure of Saquon Barkley to that uh, ACL injury. So, you know, I have confidence that, you know, Bradbury will probably travel with McLaurin, and I think he'll do a pretty good job. He's been great. Kyler Fackrell, who's one of their outside linebackers, I believe leads the NFL, or no, is like tied for third in the NFL in tackles for loss. So he's right up there. So this Giants defense led by Patrick Graham has has really uh, improved and been much better than I expected. I expected the Giants' defense to be one of the worst units in the NFL, and that, that defense has been actually much better than I thought. So, you know, I think Kyle Allen is going to start a quarterback for Washington, and I think the Giants maybe could force a turnover or two, and I think Daniel Jones and that offense will do enough, just enough. They might it might not be pretty, but I think they'll do enough to the point where that de- that defense, I think, would do a pretty good job on Kyle Allen in that Washington offense. Alex, this game is hard for me to pick for several reasons. You make a lot of good points there, but I just... You seem to be tiptoeing around that point you alluded to earlier. This Giants offensive line... Hey, they did not let Aaron Donald wreck the game like the Washington offensive line did. I, I don't know. No, no. Aaron Donald had four sacks against the Washington offensive line. He didn't have any... We're not, and he we're didn't, not talking about the Washington offensive line. If I know, look, the Washington D-line against the Giants O-line is a great concern. And that's why, for me, it is close. I think, though, when you look at other places, I think the Giants have the advantage. I... I, I think you're probably right, but I think the advantage that that, that Washington has in that regard is is just that great that I'm gonna pick them. Um, but it, again, it could go either way. But I I just think from that that point of emphasis, games in this league are oftentimes won at the point of attack, and I think that the Washington football team will win. Yeah, and. As I said, that is a that it, for on um, John said that is a huge worry of mine, and for Washington you got to be licking your lips. But that run the run blocking has been better, hasn't been great, but it's been 
better over the last few weeks. And as I said... It's been better against Dallas. Against Dallas. Against the Rams. No. Against the Rams, they were better. Not great, but better. They were better against the Rams than, like, they were against the Niners. Like, I... As, especially when you look at Andrew Thomas, who has had his fair share of struggles, and he's been pretty bad in pass production, but as a run blocker, he has improved. And that's when you're looking at a young team, a team that's rebuilding, and we knew they were rebuilding, you look for improvement. And that's an area where they have improved. And again, I think you kind of brush this off to the side. Aaron Donald did not get four sacks against the Giants' defensive line, I don't believe. He completely wrecked the Washington offensive line. So I think but, but the Giants, the Giants don't have it, do No, they do not. But Leonard Williams, Dalvin Thompson, Dixon Lawrence have been pretty good up front. They've gotten great uh, penetration up front, and they've really been able to push the pocket and create pressure. Now they do have to wrap up; they do have to finish the job. But in terms of getting pressure, they have done a decent job. That Cowboys offensive line did kind of have their way, which does concern me a little. But I do think this Giants offensive line, or sorry, defensive line, can get some push. It'll be big because Washington is getting Brandon Sheriff back. But this Giants defensive line has played well, not great, but well uh, throughout this season so far. I get it. You want to pick, you want to pick the Giants when you can. It makes sense. I think really it's it's a toss up. It's a toss up. I really, I'm giving the Giants the slight edge. But at, 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 the, at the end of the day, uh, n- really no outcome will surprise me. So, Shai, now let's, uh, I guess you can start with this one. I've kind of started with all of them. But the Denver Broncos and New England Patriots are finally playing each other. It looks like, looks like it's going to be Drew Locke against Cam Newton. Probably much better than the Brian Hoyer, Brett uh, Rippon uh, we've, we were expected to see just a week ago. I guess, you know, you can kind of go into your analysis, but I'm going with the Patriots. I, I just, that defense against Locke, and I think with Newton back, uh, it's tough to see an outcome where Denver comes on top. Yeah, I completely agree. I think it's going to be interesting to see how both of these quarterbacks come back. Again, one from COVID-19, one from injury. And I, I would say it's probably easier to come back from COVID than than injury that Drew Locke suffered from. So, for that reason, in addition to the reason that uh, this, this, I mean, after what we saw against Kansas City and all those little mistakes, Bill Belichick must have been furious. And it made sense. I expect the bounce back game here. And I don't want to say it's going to be a blowout, but that would not surprise me. I'm, I'm going to take the Patriots in the big one. And I know the Patriots, you know, they haven't had a ton of practice time with kind of the on-and-off COVID situation, but you're giving Belichick a whole nother week to prepare? Are you kidding me? Like, Belichick is going to have an answer for everything Denver does. Melvin Gordon got into a DUI thing and then has an illness, so his game status is very much up in the air. You know, we know all the injuries Denver is suffering from, and at the end of the day... The Patriots, with that defense, and Cam Newton, and obviously Bill Belichick, as I said before, it's just really tough to see an outcome, I guess, barring a surprising mid-game injury to the Patriots where Denver comes out on top. So, both of us have New New England, probably probably one of, if not the easier games to pick this weekend. Yeah, I think it's a toss-up. I think it's a toss-up. I think it's a toss-up. 
So, no, it's good to a game that it, it it'll be interesting. Um, I don't, you know, it might not be exciting. It might not be, you know, visually appealing, but it'll be interesting. The New York Jets taking on the Miami Dolphins, who embarrassed the 49ers a week ago. Yeah, that that was really something. And it's not, you know, it's not close to that Titans-Bills game, but it was impressive. I'll tell you that. I know Jimmy G was himself, but you, you cannot deny that that was an impressive performance in every facet of the game for Brian, Brian Forrest's Dolphins. Well, the, I, I was going to say, that's what I was going to say. It's, you know... Yes, Garoppolo wasn't himself. Yes, he was coming off an injury. But this Niners defense, even with Nick Bosa and Solomon Thomas and, you know, all of their injuries, they have injuries on that defense, but that defense still, with their depth, has been very good, coached by Robert Salah. And Ryan Fitzpatrick tore them up. I mean, Ryan Fitzpatrick looked like the Ryan Fitzpatrick when everyone doubts him, which I guess people are doubting him, so that's why he tore up the Niners defense. But, I mean... I'm going to go with Miami here. I'm going to say Miami beats the Jets. They've looked better. I think that message in the locker room from the head coach, uh, I think people buy into that message in Miami, obviously more than the Jets do. I think in terms of adding Adam Gase, it's a matter of time, uh, and and it's when, not if. When uh, Joe Douglas kind of fires him, uh, but, uh, you know, and Brian Flores, really dating back to last year, has done an incredible job with the development of some of those players. And uh, I guess people who want to, uh, and I still, I think it's smart to start Fitzpatrick. Patrick. I'm going to be excited when Tua comes in. I'm excited to see Tua, but it's smart to start Fitzpatrick. I think this could be a good game. No Sam Darnold, which, uh, you know, I guess hurts the Jets a little. Flacco's obviously not a bad quarterback by any means. But uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with the Miami Dolphins, and uh, mainly just because of how really dominant they looked last week. Yeah, I I have to agree. Uh, I I think we could easily see another blow blowout here in the favor of the Dolphins. They they look really solid in every way, and coached by a really great head coach, their defense looked great. I. I pretty, I, you pretty much covered it, but the, the one thing to watch is if Brian Fitzpatrick can sustain this type of performance because he's, he's struggled to uh, this season and in recent memory as well. So um, definitely something to watch, but I'm going to go with the Dolphins as well. See, yeah, I don't think it'll be a blowout because of maybe some of the inconsistencies we've seen from Miami, but I do think the Dolphins come out on top in this one. So now let's go to... You know, the big 425 late afternoon game. Green Bay Packers, full strength. Devontae Adams is back. Tampa Bay Buccaneers, full strength. Chris Godwin is back. Scotty Miller is back. And, uh, you know, Mike Evans, I think, is finally starting to get 100% healthy. He'll be good to go. This should be a very fascinating game. We know what Green, Green Bay coming off the bye week. We know what how Aaron Rodgers has fared. We know that entire offense. I guess not full strength because Lazard is still out with his injury. But this is a big game for Brady. He's finally really getting all of his weapons back 100%. At least that's how it looks coming into the season. 
Jair Alexander has been has been great. He's right now the number one cornerback according to Pro Football Focus and their kind of analytical system. At the end of the at the end of the day, I'm gonna go with the Green Bay Packers. What I've seen so far this year, I have more trust that Aaron Rodgers is gonna get the deal done than Tom Brady, which is a uh, I think at the you know tough to say, especially with the weapons in Tampa. But Aaron Rodgers has played incredible. Without Devontae Adams, Adams comes back. Aaron Jones has been one of the best backs in the league to begin this season. And as I said, you know, you get you have the Smith brothers, you have Jair, Jair Alexander, and I overall I think this will be a shootout. Both defenses has played well at times, especially that Tampa defense. The Tampa defense has played very well, but I think in this matchup, Green Bay comes out on top. Yeah, Alex, the Green Bay Packers the best team in football, and I'm going to say that pretty confidently. Um, they've shown the most. They've been the most consistent. Uh, Aaron Rodgers looks fantastic, and, and even without Devontae Adams. Now you get Devontae Adams back, and frankly, I may have picked the Packers even if there was no Devontae Adams. Um, I just, I, lo- I love the defense. I think the defense is good. I think they're probably underperforming. I mean, they played well, but I think they're probably underperforming as well. Would you say Tampa has a better defense? Not Take out who they're playing, who they're cross-playing right now, but overall, I feel like this year, Tampa's, play, Tampa's defense has played better. I don't know. I'd say it's probably close, but I think that the Packers have a better defense uh, in general, at least talent-wise on paper, and I expect them to be better as the season goes on. Um... Interesting. I, I do like. I I do certainly like the Packers defense. Could. Oh no! Look, looks like Shy may have struggled in that game. I expect oh. similar things to happen. I do think it'll be high scoring, but I do think when it matters most, look for the Green Bay Packers defense to step up. Yeah, I just wanted to say one more thought on that Tampa defense. That front seven, I I actually liked coming into this year, and the main question was the secondary but Carlton Davis has played very well for Tampa and again it's only been a few games but if he can keep this up he's turning into a number one corner maybe not that top maybe not that elite tier but a guy you can really count on to match up and even shadow at times so Tampa you know we were kind of looking at that defense they have Devin White and Levante David they have JPP and Shaq Barrett Vita Vea is gonna be a big loss you know, Vita Vea, not on that defensive line. I believe they still have uh, Nadamakan Sue. So it shouldn't, you know, that'll hopefully aid the loss of Vita Vea. But Vita Vea was playing very, very good football. And it seemed like a draft pick Tampa had hit on over these last few years. Tristan Worf's another really good rookie this season. So, Shy, I'll ask you this question before we get into the night games. You said that, you know, Obviously, the Packers are the best team in football, and obviously they're led by Aaron Rodgers, who's right in the thick of it when it comes to the MVP race. Obviously, it's week six, so we really don't know. We still have a long, long way to go, but at this point in the year, would you give the if you were an MVP voter, obviously you're not, but if you were, would you vote for Aaron Rodgers or Russell Wilson? I vote for Russell Wilson. Um, I think it's Close-ish, but I do think Russell Wilson's playing with less. 
meaning that he has less around him. That defense... But wait, didn't you say that was going to be a top 10 defense this year? I did. I did. Uh, Jamal Adams has missed a little bit of time. we got to take that into account. I do think they'll... Improve. I mean, Matt Ryan did... I know it was a lot of garbage time, but that Falcons offense played pretty well, though. Against the Seahawks. I'm just... Cam Newton played pretty well against the Seahawks. Like, that Seahawks defense, even in the couple games where Jamal Adams was playing, that Seahawks defense was having a lot of difficulty. Yeah, I, I think I, I think in the back end they're going to get healthier and healthier and better and better. And I, I, I'm, I'm fairly confident that Pete Carroll will get him right there. What I am worried about is the pass rush. We've talked about it before, and I think that's nowadays... You can, you can play really well on the back end, but if the pass rush isn't there, it's really hard for defense to be done on it. Um, I, I, do, I do think I would vote for Russell Wilson because that defense is not as good. Um, but really offensively, I think, I think it's pretty close. Yeah, I mean, I, I think this probably... Seahawks-Packers right now is definitely the most probable NFC championship Game, which I think Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers, I think that'd be a lot of fun to watch if that were a winner take all chance to go to the Super Bowl type game. So that would be that would be a lot of fun and uh, generate a lot of excitement. Uh, so now let's go to the Sunday night game, a pretty big division game, going to what many thought and you know probably still is the best division football, the NFC West. The L.A. Rams taking on the San Francisco 49ers, and this should be a really good game. We know the Niners just got embarrassed against the Miami Dolphins, and uh, this Rams team has been pretty slept on. This Rams team is, you know, quietly one of the best teams in the NFL, and, you know, before, you know, I guess we talk more about both teams. I just want to read a few stats about how good this Rams team on both sides of the ball really has been. So first of all, three teams have allowed, oh sorry, three offenses, I'll start with the offensive side, three offenses have uh, gotten over 2,000 total yards across five games. You know, with everyone scoring, with everyone getting a ton of yards, only three offenses have over 2,000 total yards. Those offenses... The Kansas City Chiefs, well, Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. We know how potent that Chiefs offense is. The Dallas Cowboys, with obviously Dak's injured, but Dak was on pace to set the passing yards record. They have Ezekiel Elliott. They have Mark Cooper, Michael Gallup, C.D. Lamb. But the third offense? The Los Angeles Rams. Rams, right offense, right up there with the Kansas City Chiefs and Dallas Cowboys. So let's now move to the defensive side of the ball. One of three teams, again, with all this scoring, only three defenses have are averaging under 20 points per game. We mentioned the Colts earlier. The Ravens are in that category. We mentioned how great that defense has been. And the Los Angeles Rams. Rams, Colts, and Ravens, only three teams to av- defenses to average under 20 points per game. And we know how dominant the Colts and Ravens defenses is. We've talked about that consistently over these last few weeks. One more defensive stat. Two teams, two teams have averaged under 200 passing yards a game against. Defenses, two defenses. The Indianapolis Colts and the Los Angeles Rams. Not the Steelers, not the Rams, 
the Colts, sorry, not the Ravens, the Colts and the Rams. And obviously Aaron Donald coming off a four-sack performance, I think pretty sure puts him in position to, or puts him in position in terms of leading the league in sacks. We know how dominant he's been. And uh, those stats uh, were actually I got from uh, the Rich Eisen show. (laughs) So he kind of read them, so that's where I got this. With all that said, I'm picking. I'm gonna pick another upset. I'm gonna go with the San Francisco 49ers. Shy's looking at me oddly. Yeah, I the Rams right now. And I was watching uh, Good Morning Football to bring another show in the mix, I guess. And Kyle Brandt said something that really kind of stuck. They're the quietest threat in football right now. The Rams are, and. I, I was a little skeptical on the Rams. I think you liked them a little bit better than I did coming in the season. But this defense and the, and the play of their stars has, especially Aaron Dollar, Cam Ramsey, has lifted everybody else up. So I do expect them to win this game against the 49ers. And look, I know the Rams, again, the game is in San Francisco. I just like, I think Shanahan's going to have this team ready. I think coming off in a bittersweet loss, they're gonna be, there's going to be a fire lit under them. So I like the Niners in a bit of an upset here, big division game, and I think the Niners get a big, maybe somewhat unexpected win against their division rival. I think that defense, mainly that defense, I think will do a pretty good job, especially up front. So now let's go to the game, originally scheduled for Thursday night, Kansas City Chiefs, Buffalo Bills, and both teams coming off surprising losses. Chiefs get upset by the Raiders, Bills get, you know, come out flat and get embarrassed by the Titans. I think this will be a really good game, though. I really like the Bills, but in the end, I think Patrick Mahomes, I think he does his thing. Obviously, Le'Veon Bell is not, probably not going to play. He has to go through COVID protocols, obviously joining a new team now. So I'm going to go with the Kansas City Chiefs. I think that offense is just going to be too much for that Bills defense to handle. Bills playing on a short week, playing on Tuesday, not even Monday, or I guess They're playing Monday night. Sorry, this is a part of a Monday doubleheader. But even so, a bit of a short week here for Buffalo. So I'm going with the Kansas City Chiefs, but I do think this should be a competitive game. Bills, I'll be really interested to see how that defense performs because against teams like the Rams and last week against Tennessee, that that defense for Buffalo hasn't been as good as I originally expected. This game is in Buffalo. It is in Buffalo, which could make things interesting. But it is in but it is in Buffalo. Yeah, I'm gonna like, lean to Chiefs. The fact that it's in Buffalo makes me a little uneasy because I feel like this defense plays better at home. That may just be me, you know, fabricating things. But I do believe that is the case. You may have to fact check me. Well, I mean, the Rams had a, the Rams Bills game where the Bills were killing them and the Rams came back. That game was in Buffalo. So the Rams did have that big half in Buffalo. Fair point. But I will lean with you as well and agree that Patrick Mahomes will bounce back. Uh, well, he didn't exactly have a terrible game. <laughs> oh, no. Oh no! They only scored 33 points. I know. I mean... Or 32 points or whatever. Oh, no. It was a... Oh, no. They scored over 30 points. <laughs> it's a catastrophe. Um, but... I think that I think Patrick Mahomes is gonna light him light it up and show may not light it up but but, but but show, you know, he's still there and the Chiefs are not going away anytime soon and then and they're trying to prove it that game against the Raiders 
it was a fluke. You can make up that decision for yourself. Uh, I don't think we've gotten to the Raiders yet. So let us, let us... They may have a bye this week. I they think have they have a bye. Have yeah. A few teams have buys. Seattle has a buy. Saints have a buy. A few teams a few, uh, a few teams have a buy this week. I'll say this. You said uh, Mahomes wants to remind people he's still here. Where'd he go? I don't think anyone's forgetting Mahomes is still there. That defense against Josh Allen, I'll be more interested to see. I think both defenses I'll be more interested to see because both offenses, I guess with the exception of last week for Buffalo, have been really explosive. So the defenses I'll be really interested to watch, knowing who they're playing and how those offenses have been playing so far this season. So quickly, the originally scheduled Monday night game, a game that's going to be really interesting to watch because it's the it's Andy Dalton's first start as a non-Bengal. Obviously, he played but didn't start last week. Taking on the Arizona Cardinals. And again, with Andy Dalton, Andy Dalton's a, people, like, people are like, oh, he's a backup, he's not good. Andy Dalton's a good, solid quarterback. I don't think he's going to lose this game. Games in Dallas, there are fans. I'm going to pick the upset. I'm going to go with the excuse me. I'm going to go with the Dallas Cowboys. I'm going to. I think they're going to beat the Arizona Cardinals. And Shy is giving me another look. His eyebrows just raised when I said that. And this Cardinals team, after you know the first week or two, you know they beat you know San Fran, which was a great win for them. They beat Washington, which we kind of expected, but. They lost a couple games, and I know they beat the Jets last week. Good for them. They beat the Jets. But they've lost a couple games, which, you know, they probably should have won. That defense has not been great. Isaiah Simmons hasn't hasn't really even been on the field much. And I expect Andy Dalton, he's not going to turn the ball over. And the rest of that Cowboys offense, I mean, oh, no, you have to rely on Ezekiel Elliott now. They still have a great trio that's going to really help Andy Dalton out. I think it'll be a fairly high-scoring game. But in the end, I think with the ability for Andy Dalton to not turn the ball over, it's going to be the difference. I have the Dallas Cowboys upsetting the Arizona Cardinals. Kyler Murray times DeAndre Hopkins raised the power of the Cowboys defense. This is what I see. It's not going to be pretty for Dallas. That offense, yes. They That's still a very ball. good offense because Andy Dalton is, in my opinion, maybe the best backup in the NFL. That's a valid claim. That really is. But I just don't... I, I, I don't think I have... I don't know. There's only a few teams that I have less faith in defensively right at this point than Dallas. So given that equation, I do have to pick the Cardinals up, the Cardinals to pull this game out. And, and, and I think in theory, we're on that, correct? It's in, it's in Dallas. Um, it's in Dallas. Uh, yeah, so look. Can Andy Dalton score 35 points consistently? No. But I think against a not-great defense for Arizona, could Andy Dalton put up a 30-burger? Why not? I think Andy Dalton, you know, he wasn't great with Cincy, but he's in a very optimal spot in Dallas. Dallas is probably one of the best positions to place an average or even a bit below average you know, backup quarterback like Andy Dalton. So I still think this Cowboys offense, obviously it won't be as dominant and potent with Dak, but it still should be... Very good. So, Shy, quick thought. What's your kind of one last thing, maybe something you're looking forward to this weekend? If the Steelers win this game, Alex, are they the best team in the AFC? That's my question to you. I'm giving my final thought to you. It's very tough. I'm going to say no because I still – this is a game I expected 
Pittsburgh to win. Even though Cleveland's been riding high, I still expect Pittsburgh to win this game. I still want to see them play the Chiefs. I still want to see them play the Ravens. Those are, even with Baltimore's, you know, some struggles on the offensive side of the ball, I still want to see Pittsburgh, Baltimore at least once before making that type of calculation. So, I guess that could have also been my one more thing. Um, You know, a lot of really good games. Obviously, I think Chiefs-Bills, you know, that'll be a very good game with the defense, as I said, the defenses against those two explosive offenses. That's all the time we have for today. I'm Alex Rubinson. He's Shai Dweck. We'll see you next time on Game Time Podcast.